can't talk tough if you can't breathe, eh? Seen? What? What's my name? Them call me Bushmaster. Who are you? The stone the builders refused. Luke. This episode is officially our one-year anniversary. Damn, really? And we like, got nothing to talk about. <laughs> right, we got nothing to talk about. It was like we. It's like every <laughs> everything we talked about last week is like news this week for some reason. I don't understand why. You know, because like, we're just ahead of just yeah, we're ahead, ahead of our time. We're ahead of a, we're ahead of a curve, ahead of our time. I don't know what it is, but yeah, everybody else catch up to what the comic book bullies are doing. <laughs> so you can have other stuff to do. Or maybe it's just to calm before the storm. Uh, how far away is it, San Diego Comic Con? Oh, it's like end of the month or end of July, right? Or the middle of July? End of July, middle of July. I'm not really sure. I will yeah. say this: uh, there was the Mississippi Comic Con today. Oh yeah, no shit. Yeah, I didn't go. I was too busy watching Luke Cage. But <laughs> <laughs> I saw it in the news, and it seemed pretty awesome. So uh, one of my good friends, matter of fact, uh, he actually uh, one of the guests on the show, Melvin Robinson. I, he may or may not be listening. I don't know it like that. Oh, oh, but yeah. he actually hosted a panel at Comic Con. Oh shit! He was on the Falcon episode. Didn't know who Falcon was. Oh. Yeah. Not, okay. not be confused with Cliff, who was cooking fish in the background yeah, while we I, were. Yeah, I remember Cliff. Yeah, yeah. 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 This was this is gonna be just a clip episode. That's what it's gonna be. <laughs> like your favorite episodes on, on TV yeah. shows. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when Cliff was cooking fish on on the podcast. We, <laughs> right. We thought it sounded like his apartment was blowing up or something. Exactly. He was eating in the background. Yeah, I agree with everything. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck Superman. Fuck Lois Lane. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh shit. Yeah. Oh, don't forget my other favorite guest, Todd, who hates SJWs. So. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That was a fun episode. Yeah. Shout oh, yeah, out. That- to- yeah, shout out to Todd. Reviewed the defenders with him or something. Something, whatever it was, he hated it. We completely disagreed with it. I think we it was the Harley Quinn episode. Oh, that's right, Harley yeah. Quinn raping uh, Nightwing or whatever. The yeah, fuck. well, somebody said it was consent. You said it wasn't consent. I can't remember what it was. It was something. Yeah, yeah that was pretty awesome. Uh, <laughs> like I said, yeah, we got nothing to fill up in the show, so we're just gonna just go to the to the main part of it. Can we skip to the to the next part? Let's skip to it. Okay, so like I said, for those that listen to the uh oh, before we get to that, I do want to let you know, I'm going to extend the prize, the the raffle lottery we're doing right now. Unless you unless you get it, I will do the prize at the end. But if nobody says anything, I'm going to extend it to next week. 
and i will okay. tell you that at the end of the episode and we'll keep going from there uh that being said we can cut to the next part of the podcast that is the box office numbers i'm gonna read off these box office numbers and oh yeah eli give it to me what, what we got what's number jurassic, one jurassic park take it this week well of course jurassic park take it people love dinosaurs so mm-hmm. yeah i used to love dinosaurs too when i was five Everybody did. Right. <laughs> Wanted to be a paleontologist and stuff. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom grossed $150 million, which is pretty impressive. A runaway with the uh, rest of the box office. Uh, number two was Incredibles 2, which actually held in pretty good with $80 million, So it almost did $100 million in the second week. So pretty strong, even with Jurassic Park there. So that's pretty strong. Uh, number three, we have Ocean's 8. We have number four, Tag, which is still hanging in. That's pretty good. Number five is Deadpool 2. Uh, Solo. Solo is no longer in the top five. Oh, damn. So sad. Yeah. I'm still bad. I'm still surprised it's even in the top ten. It's in the top ten, but it's like if you look at the rest of the top ten, you'll see why it's in the top ten because there's, <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing else to put it out of the top ten. Uh, number seven, we have Hereditary, scariest move of all time, supposedly. Uh, Superfly. Let's pass that. Don't care. Oh shit! Really? Yeah. Still hanging in there. Uh, number nine, Avengers: Infinity War, still hanging in there. I didn't expect uh-huh. the Infinity War to drop down that far. I thought it was gonna still be hanging in there. You know. Now my brother finally saw it today. Really? Yeah. Fat T from one of my OG hosts of the Geek Savs. He finally saw it today. Yeah. Shout out to Geek Savs. What What took him so long? He He kids and his car has been broken down and. Yeah, he can't get out. He can't. wasn't able to go. I guess. Yeah, so was he to... able to go without hearing spoilers? I, you know what? I don't know. I'm not sure. Okay. I mean, because <laughs> it seems like if you watch the movie and you know the spoilers, it kind of, I don't know, it kind of takes the air out of the movie. Really, you know, the whole point of it is to watch it, you know, with, yeah. you know, fresh eyes, you know. Yeah. So I don't so, know what was what was number ten. No, number ten. Oh yeah, number ten. Won't you be my neighbor? The documentary on Mr. Rogers. Yeah, the documentary on Mr. Rogers. I think it was uh, narrated by Tom Hanks. Oh, really? Okay. I actually want to see that. Yeah, I wouldn't mind checking it out. I mean, I was, I was, you know, more of a Sesame Street fan, but, you know. I mean, you kind of got to watch them all at the same time. You know, you're fans yeah. of all of Mr. Rogers yeah. and Sesame Street and, you know, stuff like that. So, yeah, I mean, when Mr. Rogers was on, it was a, you know, it was a fun show to watch. It was harmless, you know. He's watching, have fun. He seemed like a really nice guy. Oh, you know, you know another. Every, you know what? Every day, every day when I'd watch him, you remember he'd come in and he'd take off, he'd change his shirt and all that shit, and yep. then he'd change his shoes. And every time he would throw the shoe from one hand to the other, every day I was hoping he would miss it and drop. Because like, <laughs> this the day he's gonna drop his shoe, and he never no, did. I, I guess he had a, a jump shot like Steph Curry. I don't know. <laughs> he never <laughs> yeah. missed. You know who else I loved on that network? What's that? Bob Ross. Oh, yeah, yeah. Bob oh. Ross is the most awesome guy ever. I mean, for those of you who don't know who Bob Ross is, I don't know why you know you may be a younger listener. Okay, he was, as a matter of fact, he was referencing like a Deadpool trailer. He was a parody. But anyway, yeah. the white guy with the afro and had mm-hmm. a really, really smooth, calm voice oh, yeah. and would just paint. And we're going to paint you. These are mistakes. The happy ass. I almost used to hate it when he came on TV, Eli, because if it was on the weekend and I'm flipping channels and then nothing is on and I just turn to Bob Ross and if I leave it on for five seconds, an hour will pass by and I don't know what happened. <laughs> yeah, because he had the ASMR, that whole uh, thing going on with the tingles and 
You get you get all relaxed and shit. Almost like you're getting high just watching his show. Yeah, it was like you get hypnotized. <laughs> like you try to change the channel, but you can't change the channel. Yeah. It's like it's stuck on Bob Ross. Yeah, like his smooth voice. You... He had that deep, really calming voice. And then you hear like the paintbrush sounds on the canvas. That it was just like so soothing and relaxing. And I'd just be like sitting there, just like, yeah, man create that universe man <laughs> and he was just so awesome stuff. like he would just make like two or three strokes and he had like a full painting of trees and rivers and grass and i'm like i want to see what he paint next you know and then you know he's got the little uh easel and then the painting palette in his hands and stuff and just painting away i'm like man bob ross the devil <laughs> he really is because there was i don't understand how i five five seconds turn into an hour and then another episode turns on. Then it's another hour after that. You're like, well, I'm just or maybe, gonna... or maybe he's Buddha, man. You, you, you got all Zen and shit. <laughs> I don't know what it was, but you know what? They did a Twitch stream on him for like 24 hours of Bob Ross. <laughs> There's YouTube. He's on Netflix now. Like, Is he? I'm, yeah. I, I will not watch Bob Ross on Netflix. If I watch Bob Ross on Netflix, I'm gonna come in my house the next three days. <laughs> I, I, I threw his shit on and like fell and took a nap. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna take a nap. I'll throw on some Bob Ross. And <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, that, that was awesome. So uh, let me see. Let's b look back at these numbers and see what we have. Oh, uh, let's look at Infinity War. Did Infinity War do anything special? Look like it's doing the exact same as before. It's still at two billion. It doesn't like it's gonna catch uh, Avatar. You know what? Somebody asked me a good question about Avatar. What's Eli, that? do me a favor. Quote a line from Avatar. Um, something about jujibees. I remember that. Was that it? Something. Everything on this planet wants to eat you up and chew your eyes or like jujubees or some shit. That's some, like all I can remember. Like, I mean, because Avatar is like the the biggest anomaly in movie history because it's the number one movie of all time, but nobody can quote a line from it. Not a single line from it. <laughs> Because like, it's all visual. They just went to go see. It was like a ride, you know? But You'd at the same like, time, like, there, there, there was no memes made of it or anything like that. Like, you know, there's at least memes of stuff made or quotes taken from this movie and quotes taken from that movie, but that, nothing was, that, was that, made. Yeah, that, I, that was probably pre-meme world, right? Well, there's I, no such thing as pre-meme because people would find an old movie and meme the shit out of it, and it'll become famous all of a sudden. Yeah, I guess, yeah. I'm wondering if I was I even on Facebook at the time. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I wasn't. I know I wasn't on Facebook at the time. I, I, have, the thing. I might have been on MySpace. Though. I didn't even see the movie in the theaters. Oh, really? I, 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 I didn't even. I don't know what the fuck was going on with me at the time. I've never heard of the movie at the theaters at the time. Oh, damn. Well, you say you ain't got like the IMAX and shit at your town, right? I don't have IMAX. We don't have this stuff like that. But like I said, I don't really think I was in the movies at the time. I might have been going through some personal stuff or something. I don't know. But I don't re even remember that movie hitting the theaters. All oh. I remember is when it came on HBO or Blu-ray or some shit like that. I watched it and I was like, whatever. But then oh, I hear yeah. later on, it's the highest selling gross movie in time. I'm like, wait, what? That movie? Yeah. Like because yeah, well, when I watched I, yeah. it, I barely remembered it. You know? Yeah, I saw it in the theater. Yeah, IMAX, fucking 3D and shit. And I, I wasn't, I wasn't that impressed. I mean, I thought it was. I. Well, they say that's the only way to watch it. Yeah, and I, I yeah, and that, that was like and that was like that started the whole 3D boom. After that, everything went 3D. Everything was in 3D after that. 
Yeah, but they kind of they kind of half-ass 3D nowadays. What yeah. they do is that instead of like making a full 3D movie, they just take like a regular movie and then just throw some 3D effects on it like that, and you can tell yeah. the difference. Yeah, like that. Like Avatar was made to be in 3D, but uh, I, I yeah, and I, I was like, that's the gold standard. I wasn't impressed, so that's why I don't really care about 3D movies. You know? Yeah. So I, I, you know, it's just a waste of money to me. You know, you know what was it. the most awesome 3D experience I saw in a movie? What's that? The second G.I. Joe movie. Oh, I didn't see that in 3D. I did see that in the theater. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you have to watch it in 3D. Now, look, look, when I mean the second G.I. Joe movie, not the entire movie. The entire movie was garbage. I meant that it was one sequence in the middle. You know when Snake Eyes was doing the mountain running oh, from the other ninja the stuff like that? with the ninjas and that shit? That scene. Yeah. Watch that scene. Just that scene alone. Well, in that's 3D. the best part of the movie. Yeah, that's the best part of the movie. If you watch that scene in 3D, it's like you're in a theme park. You're in a you're on a ride, <laughs> a roller coaster. You're like, whoa, this shit is awesome. I saw the movie twice just for that one scene in 3D. Because <laughs> it was so. I like so. This is what 3D is supposed to be. Matter of fact, they said the the they the reason there was so many reshoots because they just wanted to go back and reshoot just that one scene. You know, and that's why Rock had limited scenes. Fast Fury movie, something like that. But anyway, if you have a 3D TV or anything like that, watch that one clip from uh, the second GI Joe movie, and I promise you, you'll be amazed. That that's the way you know IMAX is supposed to be. Now, here's the thing: Did you see Infinity War in IMAX? No, no. Okay. I just, okay. I mean, I saw it at the digital okay. theater, but I, I'm just, I'm just wondering because I just. I'm just wondering how that movie was because they're saying it was the first feature link movie to be shown in IMAX, you know. Oh, like shot entirely in IMAX. Yeah, hundred percent. That that one and yeah. Avengers Four. Okay. When they both come out, so I'm I'm just curious. Like, is it going to be some mind blowing experience? You know, you know what? Another awesome 3D movie I saw. What's that? Gravity. I didn't see that in 3D. Gravity fucked my head up when I saw that shit on 3D. I was like, oh my goodness. Because all the stuff when Sandra Bullock was flipping over spaceships yeah. and shit. I was like, man, that shit was awesome. But then I went back and saw it on, on like HBO and regular TV. And I was like, eh. I, thought, I thought it was pretty intense just in regular. But yeah. <laughs> I, that shit had me on the edge of my seat in 3D. So. Now, like, what are, like the, the, what I could remember for 3D other than... Like I saw like How to Train Your Dragon in 3D. And like those animated movies yeah. look pretty cool in 3D. Like I took my kid to see a couple of them. Toy Story 3 and shit was uh, Beowulf way back when. Wasn't it um, called Beowulf 3D? Yeah, it was like made for 3D like Robert Zemeckis. It was pre-Avatar. Mm -hmm. But it was, yeah, it was all animated. And that was in 3D. That was really cool. And that had 3D effects where like the dragon fire was coming out of the screen and blood was flying at your face and shit. Oh, crap. Like that was, that was cool. Um, but other than that, yeah, I haven't, yeah, I'm not too impressed. I'm just not a 3d guy. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I, I mean, it depends, but then, like I said, most of the time with 3d, you, they usually half-ass it, you know, yeah. it's only like, a very I, few times where they really take the, you know, effort to put 3d in motion. Yeah. I went and saw like force awakens in 3d, just, you know, one of the, one of the times I saw it, I saw it in 3D just to say I could see it in 3D, and and still I was like, yeah, it's alright. Yeah, it wasn't anything that, like that. None of the Marvel movies really impressed me in 3D. Like it's a few stuff that kind of jumps out. You know, like when Captain America throws his shield and you see the shield like coming right at you, like ooh, that's pretty cool. But other than that, that's really about it. They didn't really go all out with that. You think that those Disney movies would really push the effort of 3D, but it, I, I guess they're kind of saving money on that stuff. I don't know. Yeah. 
So I don't know. Moving past that, uh, like I said, nothing really happened to movie the movie theaters. It kind of the same spot where it was. Oh, there is something I want to talk about. Okay, we're gonna keep going. We got number ten, number eleven book up, but number twelve, Eli is Gotti. Oh, really? Yeah. Is that even out? I heard they got shitty reviews. It had on Rotten Tomatoes. It has a zero. It's the first movie ever with that many reviews to have zero. So, yes, there's a zero. But here's the thing. Uh, Gotti actually put out another trailer after the Rotten Tomatoes reviews, and they were saying, uh, the, critics don't, the critics don't want you to see this movie. Who, whose opinion are you going to believe, yours or a troll with a keyboard? You know, so they're attacking, you know, trolls and, and people and, and critics, you know. So, But like I said, it's – that's – I don't. I don't know. I think Josh Travolta is done. I don't know what it is. Is somebody I mean, going to like him? I, I, I don't know. I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind checking. Like I would have waited for Netflix or something because I like a good gangster flick and you yeah. know Gotti. Gotti's you know a real guy and shit. I I was interested in seeing it, but I wasn't going to go to the theaters. And I think <laughs> that's the route they should have went with it. They should have just went right to Netflix for that movie. Oh. And it probably would have did a lot better, even if it was bad. Look at Bright. Bright would sucked ass. You know, but at the same time, you know, it probably did good monies on Netflix. But if it was actually in the movie theater, people would have shit on it. It might have killed Will Smith's career, you know, and <laughs> with yeah, I know that you're a big fan of Will Smith. But, <laughs> but John Travolta the same way. Like I said, if he would have put that movie on Netflix, people would have watched it, whether they liked it or not. To be like, well, at least I didn't have to pay for it, even though you technically pay for it, but don't feel like you're paying for it. No. Especially and, now, because they got like all the Godfather movies on there, like Casino and Goodfellas, Scarface. Right. All's on, they're all on there and shit. And yeah. Right. Scorsese's like, working on yeah. a Netflix movie right now, you know. Yeah. It would have been perfect to put it right right in there, right? You know, right after watching, you know, Casino or Goodfellas. Oh, Gaudy. You yeah. know, it makes starts you in five seconds. Even... Yeah, they'll start it in five seconds. <laughs> so you have to watch it <laughs> exactly it makes you wonder did they even think about that for a second like instead of you know going to the theaters just tell it to netflix you know i don't know maybe uh that being said we can move on past yeah now we can move on past the uh like so we got a bunch of comic cons coming on uh tom holland was at a comic con very recently and as usual he can't keep his mouth shut we don't know if this is planned we don't know if marvel you know, gave him this information so he can leak it or he leaked it without the information. But apparently he has revealed the title to the next Spider-Man movie, which oh, is yeah. Far From Home. Now, whether or not he's saying he's going to be Spider-Man in the movie, he didn't reveal that because he said, hey, I'm a pile of dust at the end of the last movie. So I don't know what's going to happen. So he didn't spoil that much. But I don't know. Maybe maybe uh, they did give him it because I think that movie comes out next year. Yeah. So... Yeah, Marvel is like, really... Like, like after Infinity War. Yeah, I think it's like the first movie. I think the three movies they got coming out, they got Captain Marvel, of course, is going to be beginning of the year. Then Infinity War, then Spider-Man. So I think they got three movies coming out that year also. Even te- Although technically, it's a Sony movie, so whatever. Doesn't matter. Uh, mm-hmm. That's what's happening. So pretty interesting. I don't know if they leaked information or just gave them information. Now, I don't know how exciting how Comic-Con is going to be this year because Marvel is going to skip it. Yeah, that that should put that. I'm sure everybody who bought tickets to it this year are thrilled. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so that means, but that, at the same time, that means DC can ha- just you know just really put on an epic event, you know, for yeah. this since Marvel's out the way. You know, we'll see where they go from there. Oh, let me see. Trying to see what happened on the DC side of it. Yeah, DC 
you know, they announced some new stuff with their movies coming out. You know, they got the Joker movies coming out. They're saying uh, they're trying to get Robert De Niro to play in the Joker movie. I don't know. One of the Joker oh yeah movies, to play know. yeah to play a, a character because I heard it's supposed to be the Joaquin Phoenix. Supposed to one of, the they, they got like five Joker movies. I don't know which one is doing what. You know, but like one the of, one that Scorsese's did, like Scorsese's producing one. Yeah, the, okay, that may be the Joaquin Phoenix movie. I think. Yeah. Yeah, where Jared Leto's doing the other one, but I think they said the Joaquin Phoenix movie is the one tied to the DCEU. Even though they said at first, Jared Leto, I don't know what the fuck's going on with this. Why are we getting so many Joker movies? <laughs> It's like uh, they're I'm, trying to make up for Suicide Squad, right? Oh, you you wanted more Joker in your movie? Here you go. Yeah, five move, five movies, all about him. <laughs> Nothing else but him. I mean, at least put Batman in or something like that. They said it might be based off a Killing Joke, but who knows? I don't know. Um, that being said, like I said, we got a chance to talk, t- uh, take a look at that. Now, I guess we can talk about what happened on Netflix. You know, like I said, we, we're not going to do an entire episode of this, even though we did a few episodes on the Netflix one. Uh, but we're just going to briefly talk about this. And this is Luke Cage season two. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, Eli, you got a chance to check, get to at least uh, episode seven. Yeah, I'm about halfway through. You're about halfway through. Uh, and I got a chance to get at least the episode. Well, I, I finished. I finished. Yeah, I finished it actually like two hours before we started uh, doing this podcast. I was going to actually do a review on on outright geekery sorry ryan i was gonna get around to it but didn't get a chance to but i'll probably get to it later on so eli let, let me ask you like i said you're on episode seven I'm, we're not gonna spoil anything but just how are you feeling about it so far i mean at this point i'm really into it i'm really digging it more so than i think the first season and i think because I know what to expect from it now. I think with the first season, there was all these expectations. I was expecting to be all this action and all this shit. And I was a little disappointed that it was more of a drama, a crime drama. So going into this season, I'm like, that's pretty much what it is. It's a crime drama. It's, you know, it's The Wire. It's The Sopranos. You know, it's Miami Vice. You know what I'm saying? Law and Order. You know, so with that in mind, I'm really into it. I'm really into the, yeah, the, the, the whole, you know, gangster story, you know, and him fighting this crime and the war on the streets. And, you know, it's, it's really focusing more on character beats and moments and, and, all, and, and family and, you know, the family dynamic and shit with all the characters. I don't want to get too into details of, you know, what's going on with the characters, but yeah, it's, I'm, I'm into it. I'm really I'm really like, I, you know, I was like, shit, last night it was like three in the morning. And I was like, damn, I want to watch another one, but it's three in the morning. Right. So I, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> you know, so, uh, so yeah, but I, I'm really into it. I, I am into it. Okay. Yeah. Cause a lot of people say like when the first season around like episode seven on the last season is about where the, the show kind of got off the rails where, you know, basically that's around the time when Cottonmouth died on the first yeah, spoiler that, the is, first that is true. Yes, that yeah. is true. <laughs> and then down by Cam came nowhere and the show and you look like, wait, what? What the hell is happening? You know. Well, well, let, let's clarify that. After Diamondback died, there was like a, another two episodes of Luke Cage like going through flat wasn't he like going through flashbacks again? He was like, like going two... through flashbacks. One yeah. episode they was cooking him like a rotisserie chicken. You know, like entire yeah. episode, you know. Yeah, yeah. So there was like a couple, like a really like, the, the show really took a long 
pause and break and like okay it was just the momentum was gone and then it kind of just stopped right like, like it, it really felt like they didn't have enough material for 13 episodes for their first season yeah 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 so or they didn't know how to pace it out or, or drag it out now yeah. as, as far as what i say about season two like i said i'm not going to spoil anything just what i think i i eli i agree with you in my opinion season two is better Okay, yeah. Yeah, I think season two is better. I think it had the story is better overall. I thought the show was going to suffer without Cottonmouth, but I don't think it did. I think that the show had enough compelling characters that it kind of you know, was able to, to take care of. Misty Knight, it seems like she got more screen time this time than she did in the last uh, season. So she kind of helped carry the show also. Alfre Rudd, even though she is overacting her ass off this time, entire time, <laughs> I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Yeah. You know, the, the stuff she was doing. You know, uh, you you made it to Bushmaster, right? Yeah, yeah. I like to me. Bushmaster is the same comparison like it was in the Dark Knight series with Joker and Bane. Like I said, Cottonmouth was that screen presence. You know, he's gonna give these like long dialogues and these speeches that you're gonna remember, and he's gonna chew up scenery when he's on the scene. And but and that's the that's how the Joker was. You know, but when Bane came on, Bane had that physicality when he came on the screen. You didn't know what was going to happen. Yeah. So you know yeah. he was going to whoop ass and it made any catch your attention. Same thing with Bushmaster. He didn't have that charisma that Cottonmouth had, but it's the same thing. He got that physicality that, you know, when he shows on the screen, like, oh, shit, you know. Yeah, he looks creepy at times. You're right. And he's got the whole yeah. Jamaican voodoo thing going on, you know, and just how they play into it and stuff. I like that's pretty cool. Can I, can I give you one, not spoiler, but can I just – Give you one insight on one character. Oh, uh, sure. Okay. Uh, Nightshade. Oh, okay. I've yeah. gotten that. I heard the name. I heard. Well, I heard the herb mentioned. <laughs> you heard the herb. That's right. Because, like I said, we 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 talked about the character Nightshade in the comics. So, for those that don't know, when you finally make it to the end of the episode, yes, Nightshade is a Luke Cage slash Black Panther villain who used like chemicals and poisons and darts and all kind of shit like that. And and she's in the, she's all through the, the show. Like I said, you've already seen her. I'm not going to say who she is, but you've already seen her. So that's, that's all. Well, well if we're going to mention her or shit, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we might as well, I seen this, I, you know, we might as well mention spoilers, Piranha Jones. Uh, what's special about Piranha? Well, he's in. He's on the show. I, I mean, mean he's I know not, he's on the show, but is, is he a thing? A guy in in the comics? I I guess. Um, I guess he's a. Uh, he was once a Punisher villain at one point. Was he? Okay, so he's in. Because yeah. it, it sound that sounds like a comic book type name. You know, yeah, Piranha and he though. but in the comics he had like sharp teeth. So. Oh, like a Piranha. Okay. Yeah. So is he a lawyer <laughs> or is he like just a regular ass supervillain that just attacks people? Yeah, he was just a supervillain. Okay, yeah, yeah. That's one of the thing about Luke Cage. Like they'll take a character but make him real world, you know. Yeah. And see, that's what I I I'm I'm liking about it. Because mm -hmm. it's it's not because yes, they could have totally made this campy and totally turned it into, you know, Dolomite or Black <laughs> Dynamite, you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> But they're not. They're going a more serious, grounded uh, world, you know? 
Yeah. It just happens to have superheroes in it and shit. And I, I like that. I like that it's more of a serious drama like The Wire or something like yeah. that. And, and I know? feel like in this show, like I said, not spoiling thing, but I feel like in season two, they grounded it more than they did in season one. Like I said, when Diamondback showed up the movie, the show just turned into a, an insane, like, it, it turned into a comic book, basically. Yeah. Yeah. You know, of and, course. But, it, but the tones clash. Because you can't yeah. have Wire and Black Superman in the same show and think that's going to mesh. It doesn't work like that. You know, where this, I felt like it had a, a pretty even tone. Like, what you see in the first episode, it doesn't, like, the tone doesn't switch. It's pretty much just like that the entire time. So, I'm, yeah. I appreciate that. I, and, and I like that. I, I'm enjoying that aspect, that it that it is a more serious, you know, crime drama, you know, and and without being so cheesy, you know, because they, it's like, I like the style of the show, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I should have thought of this out a little more, but I because I haven't seen the whole show yet. I mean, all the episodes, but I like that it's. I like the tone of it, the way it looks, that it, you know, the music, everything, especially the reggae. The, the, the Jamaicans are in the Jamaican gangs, and they got all right. the Jamaican going, and then they got the blues. The guys talk about the blues, and there's that one scene. Ah, shit, I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> spoilers right. when they're talking about the roots i think uh bushmaster was talking to mariah about you know the roots and where our past come from and he's the guy is playing the blues on on the stage and shit i was like wow this is like really well done it's really from a black perspective and i'm i'm really digging that and, tone and, of it. and that's like, why i'm wondering that's why i'm wondering because uh shout out to eric eric you know we, we had a conversation about luke's uh luke cage today and he was asking me, like, was the music better in season two than season one? And I can't really say because, yes, if you want to play it in your car, season one is a better soundtrack. But season two accents the show better. Like, it's certain okay, yeah. song cues when you hear it actually. For instance, like I said, you're in season seven. I mean, you're in episode seven, so I can spoil some things for you. I'm not going to spoil too much. Like, for instance, whenever you hear reggae music, you know, in a car, you know shit's about to go down. Yeah. You know, like, oh, shit, reggae music playing. You know, that's, that's yeah. crazy-ass Jamaicans coming, you know. So, yeah, it's, but it's still Adrian. Isn't it still Adrian Young doing the score, though, right? I, 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 did, I didn't look. I didn't look. Probably is. Yeah. Probably is. You know. Yeah, because he scored, I mean, scoring-wise. And he did that album with Ghostface, that uh, 12 Reasons to Die. Like, he scored, and he used some of that music in the first season. With that that jazzy band, it's like a live band, and then Ghostface raps over it. Mm-hmm. Um, he he composed all that music and used some of it in the first season, and it sounds like it's the same, like score wise. I'm not talking about like the music you hear, like the artists, but the score is still the same. And wasn't it? What's his face? Uh, Muhammad from uh, Tribe. Isn't he doing? Wasn't he? Didn't he do something like that? Wasn't it the two of them? I gotta look because I I, I end up skipping intros, you know, and and then yeah. the, the episode starts with that before the credits roll. So I I suppose I should look to see. Well, who's... all it ever says is just just the director and the writers didn't say anything else. Yeah, and that's all I'm seeing. So I'm not even looking to see if it's Adrian Young and yeah, but but still the feel, the music is there, the tone is there, you know, all these, you know, the 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 perspective is all there, you know. That's it's cool, you know. I'm into it. So yeah, like I said, I'm, I'm I, I enjoyed this. It has some like the story wise, it has some twists and turns to it, you know, that I didn't expect coming. So the story had me engaged, the characters had me engaged the entire time. 
Uh, I can't talk much more about it because then I'm going to start getting the spoilers. So I guess we could just move past the page. <laughs> so, but yeah, like I said, if you haven't seen it, definitely like it. I like it better than. So if you like Luke Cage one, I definitely say it's better than like this. I liked it better than Jessica Jones two. You know, which I completely forgot I even watched that show. This actually put <laughs> faith back into Netflix. Because yeah. I'm just thinking like, oh, they just don't Netflix. I, I don't really care about these shows. But watching Luke Cage, YouTube, I'm like, okay, that's the, you know, the feeling I had getting these shows on here. That's what Netflix gave me. This is what makes it different from, say, like, the CW, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, like, I, like, after The Punisher, I was like, uh. <laughs> right, Punisher, then Jessica Jones, and we yeah. was like, okay. well, I, I mean, I enjoyed Jessica. I was I'm more of the, I, probably because I like her character. I mean, yeah, that did drag out, but I like her as a character, so she works for me, and that she got me through that season. But yeah, I mean, as far as like you know, the after coming out of the Punisher, I kind of like, uh, yeah, I mean, they, Daredevil better come out quick, or else I don't give a shit. So. But then after I'm, you know, I'm in the middle of Luke Cage now, and I'm, yeah, I'm really into it, you know. <laughs> so yeah, like I said, pretty awesome. Uh, that being said, like I said, I got no video game news right now. I guess we can move right. Oh, we do have some video game news. Okay, if you're listening, uh, Steam sales have started. So if you have a PC, you probably already know about Steam Steam sales going on right now. I just bought NBA 2K for ten dollars. I will be playing it after this. So want to watch me Twitch stream that? Cool, go for it. Uh, yeah, that being said, I guess we can move right to the, yeah, to the comic book section if you want. Uh, sure. You better start, because I only got one. You only got one? <laughs> Damn. I only got a few myself. Uh, yeah, like I said, we can, this is the part where we pay the bills. We can talk about the comic books on here. It's a few we read. It wasn't too many books that I just had to read, but it was a few I just said, as I said, I was going to read. So, yeah, I'm going to, uh, review them first. So, the first one we're going to talk about is Justice League number two. Okay. okay. Uh, like I said, they just started. This is Scott Snyder's run. We're going to continue on to it. Let's see if I can pull it up, but it's not pulling up for me right now, so I'm going to just go off the top of my head. So basically what we have is the beginning of the book starts off with Lex Luthor in Kansas. You know, uh, we don't know if it's time, you know, time has started or time back. But anyway, he's in Kansas, and he's talking to this biker gang, and he's saying, yeah, I want to invite everybody over here because this used to be a place where my dad used to come. You know, right before he used to whoop my ass, you know, and get drunk. So I just wanted to meet everybody here and just want to let you know that, one, I bought this place. Two, I'm about to blow it up right now in five seconds with everybody's in it. You're like, wait, what? You serious? Yeah, I'm serious. Matter of fact, this my entire suit is bulletproof, right? My uh, entire suit is bombproof right now. So, bye. And then blow and getting we he gives him five seconds to run out of the building. He was like, uh, we, why are you guys are leaving? Why don't you take this door? He was like, there's no door. He was like, and then he looks at the door and it starts glowing. He's like, hmm. So he jumps through the door and it has like a logo on it. And when he jumps through the door, then the entire place blows up. So it's just a little flashback with Lex Luthor. Anyway, we come back to present day and we see John Stewart is on a mission. He just captured this, you know, this convict or whatever, like the space convict. So like then he's taking it back to Oa so he can be processed. But before he can go there, uh, he gets a message from Swamp Thing, Swamp Thing, who is not a Blue Lantern. And John Stewart said, like, Swamp Thing, why are you here on my ship? He was like, because I got to get a message from you from Batman. And then Batman has, like, this Swamp Thing image where Swamp Thing is showing him what Batman looks like. And Batman is telling John Stewart, well, I'm not the one to talk to you. It's really John, Martian Manhunter, wants to talk to you. But mainly what we need to do is that we want you to join the Justice League. 
And John Stewart is telling him, no, nah, I don't have time for this. I got my other stuff to go on. He's like, no, you need to help us out right now because you know everything that's going on. The source wall is breaking down. The multiverse is about to die. And you and the Green Lantern Corps know more about the stuff than everybody else do. So we need your help to help us out. You're like, yeah, I'll think about it. And it hangs up on him. Oh, uh, so while that's going on, uh, we also get, oh, back, the Justice League is, we were talking about the totality, and they said the Suicide Squad decided to send Killer Croc in to find out what was going on with the totality. When he came out, he became like this huge dinosaur Godzilla monster that was perfectly designed to stop anybody trying to attack the totality. For instance, uh, Killer Croc can now breathe uh, kryptonite smoke, and he takes out Superman like nothing. He has something that can stop the speed force if Flash gets next to him and stuff like that. But eventually, they are able to take him out because Martian Manhunter eventually takes him down. While they're back at the base, uh, they try to strategize, see exactly what's going on. Martian Manhunter and Superman said, look, we're going to go into the totality and find out exactly what's going on. Because we got to stop this thing right now. And But we're not going to take everybody. We're just going to take a few people. Just me, Martian Manhunter. And Batman. Like, where's Batman? Oh, yeah, Batman is in this tiny ship that uh, Adam fixed for him. He's uh, actually in my eyeball right now. Like, wait, what? Yeah, Batman's <laughs> in there right now. <laughs> and we're like, uh, and then Martian Manhunter, like, hey, Hawk Girl, you want to come too? They're like, where am I going to ride? Oh, you're going to ride inside me too. <laughs> so they make a little shit for her. And, uh, yeah, they jump into the totality, and that's it. Some other bullshit happens, but like I said, Scott Snyder book, a bunch of convoluted shit. <laughs> give the book a yeah give the book a 3.5 out of 5 man it's art was cool but who's doing the art i don't know i don't know who's doing the art let me see who the art because the art is cool uh uh george jimenez who who's a pretty good guy okay, i mean who's yeah, pretty yeah, good yeah. pretty good artist so but yeah it's just more scott snyder isms he's i don't know man i don't know I love this Batman run, but this Justice League book, this one and the last one, they're tough to get through. It's it's kind of a slog. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking about checking them out, but I mean, hearing you talk about them, I'm like, I'll just. Yeah. Even when I was talking about, it, I was like, I don't even want to talk about this. <laughs> so yeah, I'll let you, you know, do your book next. You know. Okay. Well, I <laughs> you're gonna love this. I have. Batman meets Archie. <laughs> wow, another one of those. Okay, Batman was well, Batman sixty six. You know, oh, oh, the old one. Okay, Got yeah, you. yeah. <laughs> so basically, it starts out in uh, uh, Poison Ivy is is attacking some science, some like science fair in Riverdale. Um, she's got like this uh, this big plant monster attacking everybody, and her and these like Cabbage Patch. Uh, green men that attack everybody um batman and robin show up and they're kicking ass you know uh, you know um but while that's going on bookworm i don't know if you remember bookworm <laughs> he's one I of those don't. oh oh yeah from yeah was he? i remember egghead but that's not the same guy right no uh, okay. this is bookworm he's he's stealing like this really rare book from the science lab at that uh at that fair that science fair um and it turns out he helped Ivy escape to create a diversion, you know. And so while Batman and Robin and Batgirl shows up and she's fighting, while, while Batman and Robin are, you know, fighting with these, you know, uh, jolly green giant dudes, 
uh, Batgirl and is fighting uh, uh, Poison Ivy. She kicks her ass, and it's all good. And then uh, we go to uh, the villains, back to Gotham, and you know, uh, you know, Joker and Riddler, Penguin, Catwoman. They're all like, "Hey, did you hear about Bookworm uh, breaking Poison Ivy out of Arkham so he could go uh, rob this, you know, the, the science fair in, in Riverdale? And he got away too. It's like, hey, you know what, Riverdale." Like, there's nobody protecting Riverdale, but, you know, Gotham is always, you know, every time we do some shit in Gotham, Batman comes and fucks it up. So why don't we go to Riverdale, since there's nobody protecting Riverdale? So, yeah, we'll get Siren. I don't know if you remember Siren. Joan Collins, she played Siren, one of the villains. I don't remember that one. <laughs> well, she just, like, sings a song, and it, like, hypnotizes dudes and shit. So they get Siren to, like, uh, broadcast these radio waves over Riverdale. And all the, the men in Riverdale go into this trance and like we go to Riverdale and Veronica, you know, she's her rich dad, like basically runs off and jumps in a van. And she's like, wow, my dad's acting weird. And she's at school telling everybody like, hey, you know, uh, my dad's acting really weird, man. All the men are, you know, they're in some kind of trance and shit. And so she tries to go to the cops like, hey, you know, try to tell him. But even the cop acts, he's acting weird, too. So it's just I wonder what's going on. So she goes and gets uh, some nerdy guy. I can't remember his name because I'm not an Archie fan. I'm sure he's somebody. It's not Jughead, but it's uh, it's some nerd from the Archie world or whatever. And he brings her back into his laboratory, and um, he said, "Yeah, I'm picking up some weird frequency in the air. Let me let me try to like break out of it." And he's like, you know, he he turns his radio to another frequency. He's like, "Hello, we need help in Riverdale." Um, and then it's like, hello, son, you've reached the Batcave. And it's Batman. You, turn, you know, <laughs> so it's like, yeah, you've reached the Batcave. I'm at your service. And it's to be continued. So, um, I mean, it was fun. It was campy. It was it, it was mainly just like a Batman 66 episode. There's all that, you know, campy, uh, you know, Robin, holy horticulture at Batman, and, <laughs> you know, and the, and the narration, you know. You can totally, you know, tell the, you know, meanwhile, meanwhile is Stanley yeah. Wayne Manor. Yeah. The vile villains leaving Gotham for good, or will they leave it for evil? You know? <laughs> like, I know. You next know. time, same bet time, yeah. same bet channel. <laughs> yeah. Very. And it's all drawn in that really cartoony, old school Archie artwork, you know, so it works. It's it's fun. It's, you know, it's it's bullshit filler. You know, it's a shitter book. You know, we read it while you're on the shitter. It's fun, you know. Read it in five minutes. <laughs> okay, so who who published this book? Like, who's the who's the publisher? This is who part who? Let me see. It's whoever Archie Archie, right? Archie Comics. Okay, yeah, because yeah. Archie. Yeah, they the DC. Own what's a DC crossover? Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's fun. It's campy. It's not to be taken seriously. Leave your brain at the door. Mm-hmm. You know, I give it a four out of five. I'll see where it goes. Just because you know, I'm bored. You know, if I, if I you know, if I'm bored enough to pick up the second one, I will. And you know. Give it another world, but uh, but yeah, I mean it's 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 you know like I said it's 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 junk food for the brain, you know. Okay. <laughs> leave your brain at the vo- leave leave your brain at the door, you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So like I said, the uh, next book I'm gonna re uh, review is uh, Man of Steel number four. Like I said, you're gonna keep it up. We got six issues of this mini series, so we're just gonna keep it going, just see exactly where it goes. And like I said, the book starts off with Superman and Supergirl. They find Rogul Zar standing on top of a building. And Supergirl is the first one attacked because they know he killed, he, you know, destroyed the city of Kandor, that little bottle city. So she they just go attack him. Rogul Zar pretty much smacked the shit out of both of them. 
Uh, he had, you know, endangered people. Superman's got to save people at the same time while beating him up. But Rogozar is so powerful, he's got like this staff that can just blast the shit out of Superman. And then he just beats Superman in the unconsciousness. And remember that whole Action Comics 1000, that shit been, been this run? Okay, yeah, Okay, yeah. after he blacks out, it picks up after that story, you know. So, okay. Super, so Superman wakes up, and Hal Jordan is standing there. You know, Green Lantern standing there. He's pretty much asking everybody, okay, can somebody please tell me what happened? And then pretty much everything the bystanders are saying is everything that happened in Action Comics 1000. And Superman is saying, yeah, I don't know who this guy is, but he's saying he destroyed Krypton. He's saying he told Jor-El he's going to destroy Krypton. And, and now he's coming to wipe out the entire bloodline. He was like, Hal Jordan, okay, this seems kind of serious. I got to call this in. I got to tell the Green Lantern Corps what's going on because if we got this genocidal maniac going around killing Kryptonians, they need to know about this stuff. So he flies off uh, and he talks to Supergirl like, okay, where did he go? I don't know. He just disappeared. For some reason, my X-ray vision doesn't work on this guy. I, none of my super senses work on this guy. He can just appear in front of me at any time he wants to and I can't tell. And then Supergirl just gets pissed off and she flies off because nobody can find the guy. And so, uh, and then Superman starts thinking, oh, if he's trying to kill all Kryptonians, trying to wipe out my whole bloodline, maybe he's trying to wipe out John too, you know, his, his son John, because he's also a Kryptonian. And then they have a flashback of what happens with them. And apparently Lois and John went with Jor-El. You know, Jarrell, Mr. Oz was all crazy shit like that. So apparently he's oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so he's still around. He wasn't wiped out of reality by Dr. Manhattan or Mr. Mixio Plicknick or whatever like that. He's still around. So apparently they're with him. So Superman knows the only way to contact him is to go to this Force of Solitude, but the thing is Force of Solitude was destroyed. So but he flies there anyway. He goes to Force of Solitude, tries to find exactly what he was looking for, and then steps out of the shadow is Rogozar. He's like, Oh shit. He was like, why did you come back here? He was like, because I'm trying to contact somebody, but you destroyed my only contact of getting them. He was like, well, do you have kids? He was like, oh, are you trying to get in my head again? Because if you do have kids, I'm going to kill them too. He was like, oh, really? And then Superman just starts like glowing, glowing, and like this red R go around it. And then, boom, he super flares and nukes the entire Fortress of Solitude. You know that power he had back with Jeff Johns, whatever like that? He does yeah. that power. So that's how the book ends. Uh, yeah, uh, give it a three point five out of five. One of the weaker stories in there. Uh, like I said, it was just pretty much the most of the book was just Rogozar and Superman just fighting, which you've seen this shit a thousand times. Superman beating up an alien dude or whatever like that. So typical shit. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so I guess it's back on me. Yeah, that's all. I yeah, I God, that's all I. Okay, cool. All right. So I guess this is the book of the week since we were talking about Luke Cage. I guess we'll stick with the theme of Luke Cage. What we're going to do, we're going to do a throwback book, a blast from the past. And we're actually going to do, I'm going to do two issues. This is from the 1972 run of Luke Cage, Hero for Hire, uh, issue number eight and issue number nine. For those that don't know, this is pretty much regarded as the greatest Luke Cage story of all time. This okay. is, and just to spoil it for you, this is Luke Cage versus Dr. Doom. And I'm going to give the whole <laughs> background of that. So basically what happened is, you know, Luke, Luke Cage is doing Luke Cage shit, taking jobs, stuff like that, you know, being a mercenary for hire. You see he's with his girlfriend, Claire Temple, you know, stuff like that. And then he gets stopped on Broadway by this guy, by this, you know, by this European guy, Eastern European guy that says, look, I need, I need you a job for me. It's a simple job. It's $200. There are these four black guys that's hiding out in Bed-Stuy Projects, and I need you to go get them. The reason I need you to go get them, because Brett Stuy is a whole bunch of black dudes, 
and you're black, so <laughs> you do the job. You like, I ain't stepping in there. Right, I'm not stepping <laughs> in the bed style. So he was like, okay, yeah, I'll go there. I'll go find these guys, stuff like that, and that's it. So Luke Cage goes to bed style. Before he can do anything, he gets jumped by four guys before he can start anything. So he fights the guys off like that, smacks one of them a little too hard, and finds out one of the guys is a robot, some kind of, you know, robot, stuff like that. He was like, wait, what the hell? So he beats the rest of the guys, and he finds that they're all robots, and then they actually take off. He was like, okay, this is way harder than what I thought it was. So he finds the guy, the Eastern European guy that, you know, gave him the job at some kind of, you know, party, stuff like that. So he breaks into the party, smashes the shit up. He was like, you didn't tell me I was going after the robots. You been, I'm, if you're talking about $200, I'm going to charge you more than that. And then before he can get mad at the guy in security and grab him, out of the shadow comes Dr. Doom. Dr. Doom shows up. He was like, why are you attacking my general? Like, what are you talking about? Yeah, I'm the guy that told him to tell you to get the job. Because, like I said, these robots are still on loose and now they're really hiding in another side of projects. But of course, I can't go there. But you can because you're black. So you go do it. And if you still do it, I still pay you the $200. And then he thought about it. He was like, well, I did get the job, but it's a super villain giving me the money. I don't even know if I should take this job. But at the same time, I kind of need the money. So I'm a, and plus it's bad business if I just cancel the deal on right now because Doctor Doom's not doing anything evil. He's just doing regular shit. So I'm gonna just go ahead and take the money and that's it. So he goes to the other projects. I can't remember what projects he went to. He finds the robots, beats the fuck out of all of them, like destroys them all and shit like that. And then he was like, I don't even like this shit. So he like Luke Cage is super pissed at this point. He goes back to the place where the guy was. He was like. All right, where's Dr. Doom at? Because I'm going to whoop his ass because that shit was some bullshit he put me through. And then this guy that he was talking to, he was like, oh, yeah, Dr. Doom, he saw on a video camera the whole time you take out the robots, and he said he wanted to say uh, thank you. But at the same time, Dr. Doom has this rule that he didn't have to pay anybody. He didn't feel like it. So he's already left by the time he even got here. He's like, wait, what? So, okay, no, Dr. Doom is going to pay me my money. So he like since Dr. Doom is a bad guy of the Fantastic Four. He decides to go to the Fantastic Four and he talks to Reed Richards. He's like, look, I need you to help me get to Ladverdia because Dr. Doom owes me money. Like, okay. So he just gives Doc, he gives Luke Cage a rocket, shoots him to Ladverdia that's pretty much autopilot control there. He goes down there and the thing is there's this robot civil war with the Doombots and stuff like that. So they're trying to overthrow Dr. Doom and they're attacking the castle stuff like that and, and Luke Cage is involved with all that bullshit. But somehow they get him into the Doom castle. They get them into the Doom Castle. Dr. Doom is just sitting there chilling. And he looks up and he sees Luke Cage. He was like, what the hell? I knew some. I knew when I heard stories about some crazy black man in a Fantastic Four car, it had to be you. And then Luke Cage folds his arm looking at him. Where's my money, honey? You know, and then <laughs> he's like, you did all this shit for $200? I'm not giving you shit. And then they just start getting to fighting and stuff like that. So they start fighting. Dr. Doom is actually beating the fuck out of Luke Cage because Dr. Doom is still Dr. Doom. Luke Cage, think about it. Okay, yeah, he's whooping my ass, but it's saying he's got to have a weakness. So he's thinking like, okay, maybe if I... And then he gets one good shot at him on his ribcage. He realized he dented the thing just a little bit. He's like, I tell you what, if I can get enough good shots in that same exact spot in Dr. Doom's ribcage, maybe I can cause enough damage to the stop him fighting. And he's able to get him enough shots into it that it actually deactivates, you know, Dr. Doom's suit and stuff like that. He's like, oh, okay, Luke Cage, I, I, I'm done, I'm done. So what do you want? What do, what do you want? You finally beat me. He was like, okay, give me my $200. They're like, what? Yes, that's all I want. Give me my $200. This ain't about the money. This is about the principal. Give me the $200. And so he pulls out his purse or some shit like that. Give him $200. And Luke says, thanks. He's like, but wait, what about the robot revolution? I give you more money if you stop them. You're like, that's not my problem. So he leaves and the, all the robots and the Doom bots outside of Dr. Doom 
space, flood the area, and we don't know what happened to Doc Doom after that. Well, of course, we know he died, but whatever. So, yeah, that's how the book ends. He goes back to Harlem with $200 in his pocket, and that's it. So, pretty cool story. I mean, like I said, it, it was just awesome watching Luke Cage go at Doctor Doom because up until this point, he wasn't fighting Doctor Doom. He was fighting dudes like Shades and Comanche and Black Mariah and Diamondback, whatever like that, you know, like made-up dudes. But this time he felt like he was going to the big league. So, and the thing is, it's the cool story because it felt like he, like $200, $200 don't seem like a lot. It's not a lot. It's about the principle of it. It's about the respect of it. And I also like the story because in this story, like Dr. Doom is like extremely racist in this shit. That's another <laughs> thing about it, which I think Luke Cage wanted to whoop his ass about. So, yeah, uh, pretty cool story. Like I said, for that one, 4.5 out of 5. Still my favorite Luke Cage story I've read just because, no, just because of that one scene that was in there. Yeah. Uh, I got nothing else. You, you got anything? Nah, I, I'm, I'm done. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> as far as books. And shit. Yeah, like I said, we re- reviewed all the books. We talked about the show. We may talk about Luke Cage next week or some more shit. I don't know. Or maybe there actually be some real news that happens that we can talk about. Because it seemed like everything <laughs> was just in you know slow motion this week. So yeah, like I said, if you listen this long, definitely like, share, and subscribe. We have a other system. We have other podcasts. We have our sister podcast. Geeks have definitely listen to what they have going on. Oh, uh, so many other podcasts we have definitely go down the list. Uh, I will tell you this: Ge- this Geeks and Comics has changed their format. You will see Ryan now on Comic Cast, and Geeks, Geeks and Formats will do something else, but I'm not really sure what they'll do. But you hear about them later on. Uh, as far as the uh, the contest we're doing, like I said, we were we are still doing the contest. I'm still uh, giving away the game Horizon Zero. Horizon Zero Dawn on PlayStation 4. Uh, if you can tell us the end song that we'll be playing on this episode, you will win the Horizon. You'll get a free game. Hey, it's easy. It's simple. I'm not advertising this stuff. This is just like an appreciation for those that have listened to the podcast as long. If I don't get anything or anybody answers on this one, then I'll just keep doing the podcast, uh, keep doing the contest until somebody gets it. So it's easy to win. It's not like a, a, a thousand people or two thousand or a million people in the contest. If you win it, you're probably going to win it. So just go. that simple. Uh, that being said, this is Leroy. This is Eli. And we will talk to you guys next week. Same bullet time, same bullet channel. Do you ever feel like a plastic bag drifting through the Wanting to start again Do you ever feel Feel so paper thin Like a house of cards One blow from caving in Do you ever feel Already buried deep Six feet under screens But no one seems to hear a thing Do you know that there's Still a chance for you Cause there's a spark in you You just gotta ignite The light And live
Your heart will glow, and when it's time, you know you just gotta ignite. 